Hello, my friends, and welcome back. Today, I'm really excited to bring you a super special podcast episode that I actually recorded with my friend Michaela Robertson. She is a run coach and a travel nurse and has just such a fun perspective on things. And so she had me on her podcast and we chatted all about really just doing the deeper work that's required to really achieve your overall health and well-being goals. And Michaela is just such a beautiful light of sunshine, and I think that you guys are going to really enjoy hearing from her, hearing some of the things that I have to share as well. And so without further ado, here we go. I remember when we first connected and we were on that walk in the art museum and you were talking about how you do kind of take this non-traditional approach. You know, it's not just about giving you the meal plan or giving you the exercises. It's really going deeper than that and really understanding the why, the driving force, you know, how your habits and beliefs that you've inherited throughout time have really got you to where you are now. And um, I think just like that patience mindset of unlearning habits that you have up until this point and knowing that at any given moment, you have the chance and the opportunity to kind of change and transform those things. So that's what we're going to dive into today. And I'm like, man, where do we start? Like Jenna has so many like words of wisdom and golden nuggets. If there's one thing that you could pick that you're like, this is my favorite thing to work with my clients on. What is it? So as of recently, I've been doing a lot of the deeper work with clients. And what I mean by that is a lot of that stuff that you're talking about, where we're trying to kind of identify those self-limiting beliefs or really get underneath the surface as to what's actually causing the issue. Like, why are you unable to consistently get to the gym? Or why do you find yourself kind of overeating or over snacking? Like, once we can kind of create awareness around those scenarios, then we have the ability to dive deeper to actually kind of treat things from the root cause. And I think that that's the work that people often dismiss. And it's kind of, you know, it's not the surface level kind of work. It's not the stuff like, oh, well, I just need a meal plan or I just need to follow a workout plan. It's like, no, it's so much deeper than that. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, especially I know women who are listening to this, who are most likely perfectionists or like Michaela and I type A people who are used to following the plan. And maybe you're still feeling unfulfilled by the work that you're doing. And it's like, why is this not clicking? Why is this not working for me? And I think we get lost in the rhythms, especially this time of year where we're influenced by friends, family, all the diets that they're doing, all the things that we're seeing on social media as to how we should be a healthy person. And I think at the end of the day, it's really what you can be consistent with and what feels good to you. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that I think a a lot of people miss. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think about the one who's listening, who has like kind of tried it all on for size and it's like, nothing seems to stick. And a lot of times, like you said, it's because there is something deeper going on. So what kind of questions does she start to ask herself or how does she kind of start to do that deeper work to maybe displace the blame, shame, and guilt from self to like, wow, there's actually something going on here. I love that you said this because I've been really marinating in this space of feeling like I know the initial reaction for a woman in this in this mindset is why does nothing work for me? Why why am I the problem? Mm-hmm. Like what am I doing that's the problem? And that's such a like you said that's where we're absorbing all the guilt, all the shame, all the blame on ourselves versus instead asking ourselves what about this approach is not working for me? Right. And think about that, like that shift, right? Going from why am I the problem 
to why is this not working for me? And getting more curious, getting more inquisitive about maybe why this approach is not working for you. And honestly, it's most likely because it wasn't meant for you. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is such a big and powerful realization for people to realize like, yeah, this does not work with my lifestyle. I have children or I am a really busy nurse, you know, and I work night shift. Like, yeah, it's really hard. So I kind of have to do some form of fasting with my eating or whatnot. And that's, I don't know. I've heard that I shouldn't be doing that. And it's like, again, what is going to work for you is what you are able to be able to do consistently. And so Mm -hmm. once you can kind of narrow that down, I think the first thing that you can ask yourself is really like, does this approach work for me? And maybe it's not the whole approach. Maybe there's little elements of the approach that do work for you. And so something I love to do with clients is like when we talk about their past diets or past things that they've done, I'm always like, hey, tell me what was good about that. What worked really well? Because we want to utilize that moving forward. But we also want to let go of the things that were not helpful, that were not syncing up with us, that didn't feel good to us, Mm -hmm. because that's where we're going to find that magic of that healthy lifestyle that we actually want. Yeah, no, I love that. And I love that you approach it from like the place of let's kind of pick pieces and curate something that's very specific for you. Because I think a lot of times just with like social media and just the energy of the new year, we tend to think it's like a one size fits all. And so for the woman listening, like really embracing and owning who you are, the demands, the priorities, the values that you have, and knowing how that sets you apart from the rest of the general population. And it's like, what you do is not going to work for the person next to you. And like what I do is probably not gonna work for Jenna and vice versa. I think that's just like a really big permission slip. And I feel like women hear it all the time, but like hearing it and believing it are two completely different things. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. It's really about embodying it. Right. And being able to live it out real time. And I think that I often see as a coach, I think this is a really hard thing that I have is like when it comes to a marketing perspective, it's hard because I'm told like, oh, well, you need to tell people exactly, you know, what the approach looks like. And I'm like, that's why I work one-on-one individually with every single client because the process and their healthy lifestyle looks different than every other client on my roster. Mm -hmm. Because as a coach, I've absorbed all these tools that I can utilize with you depending on what you need. And that's the whole point of one-on-one coaching. So like, as far as a roadmap, it's really hard for me to explain, you know, what that looks like, because it looks different for everybody for that reason. Yeah. And we actually talked about this on our walk and you sent out a really powerful email. It was right around like the Black Friday time. Mm. Can you talk a little bit about just kind of that like experience and that realization you had in the culture and like the work that you do? Yeah, I think this has been a really like beautiful season for me because back in October, I really had this epiphany that and I'm going to explain it from a business lens, but whatever context that you are struggling in, I want you to take this and apply it. The context is different per person, but the human emotion that comes out from underneath this is the same across the board. And so for me, I was in the season with my business where I just felt like I was doing what every mentor told me. I had hired multiple mentors, invested all this money in my business. And then I felt so unaligned with everything that I was doing. And I was like, I got into this space to be able to help people. And now I'm getting caught up in all these things that don't even matter. And I'm like not enjoying it. And I felt really disconnected. And so this could be, again, this could be your healthy lifestyle that you're really struggling with connecting. So just to show how the the context may be different, but the underlying thing is the same. Um, And so in that email, I was explaining how 
like around Black Friday, you're going to get all of these messages. And even this time of the year too, right? I could write this email. It could totally be relevant today as well. You're getting all these messages as to you should be doing these things. And they're almost scaring you into like, oh, shoot, I need to take care of my body and I need to do these things and I need to be on this diet. Otherwise, I'm not going to be healthy or I need to work with this coach or do this program. Otherwise, I'm not going to make it. You know, I'm going to have a horrible 2023. (laughs) And so you get all this pressure from those messages. And then we're like blinded and we're like, oh, shoot. Well, they said like I should be doing this. And then we absorb that message. And now we're acting out of this place of fear of scarcity of like, oh my God, I need to do this right now. And entering anything in that energy is never going to feel good for you. So, um, yeah, so it's really just, I, I basically said my email, I'm no longer going to prey on your, and it's, I'm guilty of it. I hate to say it, but this is what you're taught in marketing. And anyone who does marketing knows this you're taught to really prey on people's insecurities and how they're struggling. And of course, like I want to be able to relate to you in the struggles that you're going through, but I'm not going to manipulate you. I'm not going to, you know, share these things and be like, we need to work together because you feel so insecure that, you know, you can't even sit down without feeling conscious about your roles on your belly. Like, I'm just, I'm not going to do that. It just feels so ingent. It just feels uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I want to come, especially if you're trying to make a change, I think there's two ways that you can make a change. And a lot of the time, especially from a health and fitness lens, people are often making changes out of a place of fear. They're moving away from something right? That's like usually what happens. And so if it's more of that like pain-based fear, then that journey that you're taking is not going to be as beautiful as it could be if you were taking it more from a positive approach. And so, you know, maybe it's just how can I, what can I add to my life? What can this change in my health and fitness add to my life instead of what do I need to remove? You know, what, what, what am I going to miss out on? Because now I have to go to the gym or what are these foods that I maybe shouldn't eat as much of because, you know, and then we get all in the, the like limiting mindset, right? And instead of being in that yeah. abundance space, that's something that um, I really work on with clients is like, this is going to add to your life. Everything that we do is going to be extremely productive, not only for your health, but also for the quality of your life. Dang, I, all of that. I'm like, that was so good. I was like taking notes. I was like, no, I want to talk about that. No, I want to talk about that. But I just <laughs> think it's so powerful that you had that level of awareness and that vulnerability to be like, hey, I've done this before, but we're doing things differently here now. And, you know, like you said, like this, like the emotion is still there. And when you act out of that place of fear and you're trying to run away from something, I think that's what so often people are driven to create change by, especially in this new year. Mm-hmm. It's like this fear of missing out this fear of not hitting deadlines, this fear of not being successful enough, this fear of not hitting the weight goals. And it's like, it's so much deeper than that. And a lot of times, you know, trying to integrate the diets or the habits or the exercise regimens, they don't stick because it's like, you're doing it to lose or to get rid of something instead of Mm -hmm. looking at it, like you said, from the other lens of like, what am I adding to the quality of my life, to the value of my life, to the people around me? And so I just really hope the woman listening, like, back 60 times five that because it's so important to really just take an honest look at like, why are you trying to create change? You know, what is that driving force? And Mm -hmm. I think that the way that you just put it was so beautiful. Oh, I love that. I I feel the same way though, right? And it's taken me, I, it's important to mention this too, right? When I first started out on my health and fitness journey, you know, my original intention was to lose weight as well. Mm-hmm. And this is going back now in college. So a very long time ago, <laughs> but that's how I started. And it's okay if that's where you're at now too. 
what I, we're inviting you into is just a new outlook on things. It doesn't mean that you still can't pursue weight loss. It's just like, yeah, okay, you can want to lose weight for the fact of improving, you know, your health and things like that, of course. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we just want to make sure that there's a deeper reason there and that we're also celebrating the other side of the things in the transformation, right? Because there will be a ton of other stuff that's happening for you if you're open to it, if you're able to like see that opportunity um, and create space for it. But I think we, this is something I've noticed a lot too recently is just this sense of even when people sign up with a coach or they sign up for a program or something, then they're like, and I've done this before too, I got to get my money's worth, right? So now there's this like pressure of getting results within the time frame of the program. Right. And then, then we just get crazy because we're like, well, I only have three months with this person or with this coach or in this program. So now I need to like hustle. And again, that's not how this change is going to work, right? It's going to take right. time. You're just going to get a little bit of like momentum started just within three months. Absolutely. Like you should see things improving, but like an overall, like a big overhaul of your entire life, like not going to happen. This is a lifelong journey. You and I are still on our health and fitness journeys and will be for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. And when you can start to wrap your head around that, I think it becomes so much more enjoyable, sustainable, and just honestly more productive. Yeah, no, for sure. It's because like, just we were talking about before this episode, like, you know, we're not creating this sense of urgency in this new year in life. Like, I don't want to like hustle and get to the finish line and then be like, now what? So I think just mm -hmm. having that longevity and like that long-term mindset of, you know, like you said, it's not just what happens at the end of those three months or the end of a calendar year. It's like, what can I sustain for life? And for me right now, it's like, what I was doing two years ago in terms of health and fitness isn't serving me in the season. Like I'm mm -hmm. having to not overhaul, but just shift, make like subtle changes and asking myself, you know, going back to what you said, like what is working for me right now and kind of integrating from there. And I think a lot of times people try to hold on to the same habits, the same mm -hmm. routines through every single season. It's like, you really have to adapt and change, you know, are you in the holidays? Are you traveling more? So, you know, so can we talk a little bit maybe about just kind of having that like flexibility mindset mm, when it comes yes. to, you know, just routines and habits and in general? I think that that's honestly one of the most important and underrated parts of the journey. I talk about this with clients all the time. You are going to have different seasons and life is going to look different. And that means that your health and fitness will as well. Mm -hmm. This happens to me and this happens to you as you just shared. And really for me, I've been in a season of taking care of more of my internal health. So I've been doing a lot of gut health, a lot of hormonal health work and trust me, it's not fun. <laughs> it's not right. fun. I don't get to pursue the things that are more, you know, I don't, I don't have the capacity for, you know, pushing PRs in the gym. I just, it's just not that season for me. And that's okay right. because I'm able to enjoy other parts of this season and, and really integrate a new look into what it looks like. Right. And, and being flexible, like you said. So as far as this flexibility goes, I think it comes back to just first accepting that seasons will come and go. I think that's first and, and creating awareness around that. And even just thinking back in your own life, as far as the different seasons that, that you've already gone through that maybe you didn't give yourself permission for, right? right. I think that's mm -hmm. the thing is giving yourself the permission for them, but looking back and being like, oh yeah, I have gone through like multiple iterations and multiple seasons. And that's the thing. It's just new iterations, right? We're going to be working on different things at different times. Um, and I think that that's what makes it sustainable again, right? Because you can change things as you need to, and you're going to find as you just do create more awareness that 
you might be in a really busy season. For example, someone who I just keep going back to the mom here. So hopefully there are some moms that listen, but someone who just had a newborn baby, like to expect to get on a consistent sleep routine right after you have a newborn is highly unlikely. Right. Yeah, <laughs> It's just the nature of it. I would love that for you. Absolutely. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, you gotta, you gotta wiggle things around. And I'm thinking of a current client that I have, and she was somebody that, you know, pre children was like, Hey, I have, you know, I'm used to going to the gym first thing in the morning, making my breakfast, preparing my meals for the day, making sure I get all my water in, right. She's doing all of the things. And then right. she had children and she was like, Oh yeah. See, like, that I really want to go back to that. I think that's our tendency. Like, well, that really worked well for me. So I want to go back to that. And it's like, okay, but is, are, do you have time? Yeah. For all of that? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> do we? And, and, and most likely not. Right. And so taking, I think this is important, right? You create the awareness around first. Yes. Flexibility is needed. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then I think the next part is taking an inventory of your life and your capacity and being able to see what can I fit in at this time? And what is realistic for myself? And also, how does it feel, right? How do these things make me feel? How do I feel about doing this every day? Does it feel good to me? If it doesn't feel good, then don't do it. That's number one. Um, but number two, also getting a really clear picture as to what actually feels best for you. And even you can do it as intricately as every single action that you wrote down that you wanted to do, like, how does it feel like on a scale of one to five, like actually putting some sort of metric to it. So you can kind of prioritize the things that will be important during this season. Um, and that brings me like one thing that I love doing with clients too, is our non-negotiable. So those are the things that no matter what's going on in life, these are going to be the things that you rely on. And for me, one of those is drinking enough water. I just, I need it. Otherwise I'm not going to make it through the day. Right. So that for me is like a non-negotiable. I will always, always drink at least four of my water bottle. That's about like a hundred to 120 ounces. Not saying that that's what you need, but right. that's what I drink. Uh, it's what my body needs. And so, yeah, just being, being flexible in those approaches, but also having some sort of consistent markers that you utilize to, even on those days where, you know, it feels like nothing got done. You still have those, you still have those non-negotiables that help you feel like you're making progress and moving forward. Yeah, no, for sure. And I don't know if you have a different take on this when it comes to figuring out your non-negotiables, but for me, it's like, if I take those things away or I don't do them, then I know how I feel not doing them. And then that's how I know they're a non-negotiable, if that makes sense. It's like, I know that I need to do it by not doing it. No, <laughs> that's once. perfect. That's beautiful. <laughs> I actually, I've never, I've never thought of it like that, but I love that because that's so true. I think for me, it's just like, what are the things I like can't live without? I just think about it. I'm like, yeah, this, these are things I know I probably subconsciously do that, but I've, I've had the same non-negotiables for like seven years. Right. So I don't even think about it as much, <laughs> you know, they're really non-negotiables. They're ingrained. <laughs> they are very much non-negotiable, but again, there's always one of the, th I usually have about three of them. And usually there's like one that can maybe come in and out and alternate maybe with something else that's needed during that season. Right. And that's okay too, you know? Yeah, no. And I think that flexibility is huge. And like, just above all else, like not creating resistance, like kind of like the example you gave about the new mom, it's like not creating this resistance and like this, like 
trying to force things to happen that, like you said, just aren't realistic for the season that you're in. And I think a lot of times it's kind of like the book we're reading right now in our little book club Mm -hmm. that you set up. It's like, Mm -hmm. when you think everything is important, nothing is important. So if like you're trying to do everything all at once, like where are you actually making the progress at? Mm -hmm. This is something that reminds me of, I actually have a podcast. I also have a podcast and I have an episode coming out that's talking about really why it's important to exercise self-compassion versus discipline. I think so many people, especially this time of the year, get caught up in like, well, I just need to have discipline and self-control. And it's not that those things aren't important, but I think that when that becomes, that can become harmful when we're solely relying on discipline, because then we're coming at it from a place of, I didn't do this and now I feel guilty. Right. And so if you don't have that flexibility incorporated, and if you don't allow yourself and give yourself self-compassion as you're going through, which is so common for the women I work with, like most women I work with are doing all the things they're doing all the things. And they're like, I don't understand why I'm not seeing progress. Or I get really upset with myself when I don't do X, Y, Z. That's who I tend to work with. It's just people who are very on top of their, their stuff already. Right. So as a coach, really, it's about building more self-trust within themselves and helping them discover that they are capable of taking a rest day and not feeling bad about it and that they're capable of, you know, enjoying cookies over the holidays and not feeling guilty about that either. And so really, if you are listening to this and you do struggle with this concept of self-compassion and are kind of really hard on yourself, you probably don't need a coach who's going to be hard on you as well. I think that that's where we get it wrong. We think that we need somebody to tell us, well, don't do this, don't do that. And that's not where change is created, right? Change is created through connection and through really feeling like these are the things that you want to do and you have a good reason for doing them. Oh, I I love that. That's so funny. I, that actually was like me this morning. I was like, okay, my goal for this week is to like get up at a consistent time every day. And I was like 545. I don't know why I made that my time. I just did. And then my alarm went off this morning. I was like, absolutely the F not. I was like, I, it is my day off. Like, why am I getting up at 545 in the morning? And so it was like, last night when I laid my head on my pillow and I set that alarm, I was like, I'm going to be disciplined in the morning. And then I got this Mm. morning, I was like, self-compassion. I don't need Mm. to get up. And it's kind of like this weird gray area of like, how do you hold yourself accountable to, you know, show up for the things that you said that you were going to do versus Mm. like, how do you know when to, like you said, ease into that space of trust and knowing that like whatever decision you made today was enough, right? Oh, I love that. Okay. This is one, another one of my favorite topics to work on with clients. Really, like this is where intention comes into play, right? And so for me, I the only time that I ever feel guilty is if I say and have the intention of doing something and then I don't do it. So therefore, for me, that feels like I'm breaking a promise to myself. Mm -hmm. That's breaking self-trust that I have that I'm developing within myself. So I don't care what your decision is. This is what I tell clients all the time. If you choose to go on vacation and not track your food, or maybe you're going to, you know, you know, have more alcoholic beverages, whatever you choose, I don't care, but I want you to go in with an intention and a game plan. And you're going to feel good when you do what you went in to do. Yes. Because you're, you're proving to yourself that you're it's little builds of like, okay, I said I was going to do X, Y, Z, and then I did it. So this can be so at such a micro level, right? But starting to notice how we're talking to ourselves. What are the promises that we're making to ourselves? And are we actually sticking with them? It's not about the decision itself. It's about what was your intention? And so something that I love to coin this, this with is, or kind of couple this with is 
um, empowered versus disempowered decision-making. And so when we make an empowered choice, that's coming from a place of something that you want to do, something that you feel like you have the autonomy over, that you can make this decision, that you trust yourself in that decision versus a disempowered choice is when we're influenced by other people, when we make decisions based on the context, and then therefore we're going against what we wanted for ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's where things get sticky. That's where we feel uncomfortable is when we're doing decisions that are disempowering versus empowering. I, I love that example. And I think that just even like hearing the two side by side, like next to each other mm -hmm. is really helpful too, because then you can kind of start to look at the decisions that you make in your day to day and be like, was this an empowered or a disempowered decision? That's something super simple that I think really puts the ball back in your court and taking ownership of your decisions and your intentions and your actions at the end of the day. It's like, okay, where, where did these decisions come from? And knowing that like, we do have external influence, right? We have social media, we have friends, we have family. And so it's like, how do you navigate and really come from a place of more empowered decisions, right? It's like, yep. how do you filter through that noise? Yeah. And uh, something that I actually have started doing with clients is really, again, we're coming back to like taking an inventory of the decisions that you're making and writing down every time that you make a decision. I know it might seem a little tedious in the beginning, but the concept here is for you to kind of evaluate, was this a decision that I felt good about? Did it come from me or was it influenced by even, even thoughts that you have, maybe beliefs that you have that you are trying to get rid of or mm -hmm. trying to kind of move on from? You can evaluate where you were at in that decision-making process. And then this is going to allow you to kind of like tally up your self-trust over time, right? Okay. So I noticed actually, as I'm paying more attention to this, I am making more empowered decisions, which is most likely going to happen because whenever we create awareness about anything that just opens our eyes more, and then we're able to see and to determine what we, what decisions we do want to make and how we want to make them. Um, but yeah, just actually putting pen to paper and seeing, and, or even like putting note in your phone, every time you're challenged with a decision, evaluating how you felt about that. Was it something that made me feel good? Was I proud of this decision? And you could do again, scale of one to five, five being this was an empowering decision. One being this was a disempowering decision mm -hmm. and kind of move from there. That can help you actually real time create this self-trust with yourself as you continue to make um, more decisions from an empowered place. Yeah. And I think that self-awareness about self-trust, but also that self-awareness about like how many decisions we make <laughs> in a day. <laughs> so many, so many, so many. And that's, that's a great topic actually that you mentioned beforehand, before we got started chatting, you said, I love when you talked about like how to make things more automatic. And that's why I have mm -hmm. um, an episode that talks about like making healthy, how to make healthy choices that are automatic for you. Right. And it's like how to make things simpler for your life. Right. And I think that there's a lot of things that people can do to prepare themselves for their day to end up making, having to make more decisions because decision fatigue is real. We make so many decisions. I think it's like 60,000 decisions a day, or it's like, mm -hmm. it's something super high, right? We just have so many things that we have to sort through and filter, whether it's at work, in our families, in our relationships, like it's everywhere. Then of course, all the little personal things like, oh, what direction do I want to take to the bathroom today? You know, like <laughs> yeah. all these tiny little things that absorb your brain. Yeah. And so how can we make things 
more automatic from a health and fitness lens. And so one of the things that I mentioned in that episode was this is where having go-to meals comes into play. If you're somebody who's like, oh, I really struggle with having healthy meals or having like, I don't love doing meal prepping. And I'm not saying you have to do meal prepping, but at least having go-to meals and having the ingredients in the freezer or having them ready for the week, whatever that looks like. So that way you don't have to make those decisions real time. Because trust me, if you're presented with a decision of, do you want to go to Chick-fil-A or do you want to go home and cook, prepare your lunch? You're most likely not going to go home and prepare your lunch. Absolutely <laughs> <So> not. <yeah. laughs> really making that easy choice for yourself ahead of time. That's it. And it just requires a little bit more planning, a little bit more thinking about it, mm -hmm. but then they become automatic. And then you don't think about it at all because it's just part of your life. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think in your episode, you shared like, make a list, like, you know, put yep. it on a phone notes, like, or in the notes app on your phone, or like make yep. a Google doc. And it's like, okay, here's my, here are my top 10, like go-to meals that I know that I love, that I know that I'll eat. And then maybe take, you know, less than 30 minutes. And then it's like, when you're faced with that decision, it's like, oh, here, here we go. I don't have to think about it because I already have it laid out. And people don't exactly. realize like, the decision fatigue is a real thing. And I think a lot of times we don't think about like, which direction do I take to go to the bathroom as a decision, but like, it still takes up brain capacity and brain energy. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. and there was a couple other ones that you had talked about in the episode. What are some other ways that we can automate or, you know, eliminate that decision fatigue? Yeah. Another that? big one is like going into the gym with a game plan, like mm -hmm. having a training program that you're following. This is why I do individualized training programs for clients, because you don't want to go into the gym and be like, what am I doing today? Because mm -hmm. You're not going to want to go number one when you have that thought. And number two, you're not going to have the energy at like six in the morning to figure out what you're going to do for your workout. Right. So, <laughs> so even I go in every time with a program that I'm following because it's just one, it's more productive for the results that you're looking for. And two, it's also going to take the guesswork out of what the heck you should be doing in the gym. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I think a lot of people are like, are like, oh, well, like, I just don't understand like why I'm not making progress or why I don't get results. And it's like, okay, well, let, let me see what program you're following. Or let me mm -hmm. see like, you know, what you've been doing, you know, even like, are you keeping track <laughs> of yeah, what yeah. you've been doing? And so okay. that's like a whole other episode we could go down probably. But yeah, I, I think that that's really important is just to eliminate decisions, like absolutely wherever you can. And like, I'm such a big proponent of this. With my one-on-one -on -one clients, it's like, if you're a nurse and you're working 12 hour shift, how can you set out everything humanly possible? So that mm -hmm. when you wake up at 6am, you don't have to make a single decision. Like, you know, what you're eating for breakfast, you know, what scrubs you're putting on, you know, what underwear and what socks you're going to wear, like everything. And it truly does save so much time and energy. And then you get to use that energy somewhere else throughout your day. Totally. It's funny because I was just thinking of a client that I have and she was actually the one that brought up to me, you know, she's like, I had to, I had to exercise, you know, so much decision-making this weekend. So she had gone, I think it was a bachelorette party. She had gone on a bachelorette party with her group of friends. And she was like, I feel like I made great decisions in the beginning and I felt really strong and confident about them. Mm -hmm. And then towards the end, I couldn't make the decisions anymore. And so then I kind of gave up. And yeah. I think that that's the perfect example of your decision fatigue running out, you know, like yeah. just actually seeing it real time. Like, yes, it got tiring for her to continue making those decisions over time. And I think a big component to kind of tie this with a bow is just making sure that you are also giving this stuff time, right? Every Every bachelorette party, every, you know, sleepless night that you have with a child, every vacation that you take is a new opportunity for you to practice these skills. Mm -hmm. You are not going to go on a trip and all of a sudden magically have all this self-trust and feel really confident in the decisions that you're making. Absolutely right. not. But it's going to be an opportunity for you to practice. And then 
all, as you continue practicing, each trip should get easier. Each, you know, time that you're with those, that group of friends should get easier for you because now you're getting comfortable. You're getting confident. You're getting the reps in. I right. think people expect to go from one extreme to the other. And it's like, no, actually we need to build this up. Self-trust. It's kind of like a muscle. We need to use it. We need to get better at it, practice it, put the reps in, and then we'll be stronger down the road when we go to our next wedding or vacation or whatever. That's always something that I try and explain to clients is let's just practice. Use this as a good, you know, they get nervous. They're like, oh, well, I have this wedding coming up. And I'm like, great. This is an excellent opportunity <laughs> for us to practice what we've been doing. Yeah, and this is your time to shine. Let's go. <laughs> this is your time to shine. And also like, again, it's going to look different. You're in a different mm -hmm. context and being understanding that that's going to naturally make things harder for you and right. having that sort of self-compassion around it as well. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say, coming back to that self-compassion piece and also that longevity mindset of like, you know, we're not just working out or building that self-trust for this season. It's like everything that you do builds on your previous experiences. You know, even if it didn't go the way that you wanted it to, it's still a learning experience. It's like you still can learn, you know, like what were some strengths you had that weekend or what were some weaknesses that you had that weekend and what can we do to like troubleshoot and keep moving forward so you can do better and feel better about it next time too. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just, it's this stuff though, that people don't, this is the underneath the surface stuff, you know, people yeah. aren't thinking about, but it's the stuff. It's the reason why people struggle so much with consistency or they struggle with sustainability or they struggle with finding a healthy lifestyle that works for them, right? Is they're missing all of these little pieces mm -hmm. that really do tie things together and really are the foundation. That's the foundation of this whole right. thing. And mm -hmm. if you don't have a foundation, guess what? The house is just going to keep falling in every time, right? Like yeah. we need that. It's very important. No, absolutely. And they're like, man, Jenna and Michaela, I was looking for a quick fix. I was hoping that you guys were going to give me some like life hack to change my, like all of my goals in the next three months. And like, that's not what we're here for. We're here. We're here. We're in it for the long game here. <laughs> we are. We are. <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, Jenna, do you have any like last minute gold nuggets or things that you feel like the built to be human would really need to hear today before we hop off? I think something I've been kind of playing around with recently has just been this idea that you are capable of creating a healthy lifestyle that you actually enjoy, that you look forward to, mm -hmm. as long as you create this awareness, as long as you take some of these steps that we mentioned in this episode, I truly believe that this can be such a beautiful compliment to your life that will just transform every other area of your life. And so if you're listening, I want to just recommend, I know we shared a lot of different things in this episode. I would love for you to just take one thing that resonated with you, just one small action. And I would love for you to practice that for a week, a couple of weeks, a month, whatever that looks like. Just don't try and do everything at once. I think that gets really overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and take one of these little nuggets and just try and implement it into your day. And I would, of course, love to hear from you and hear how that goes. And if you have questions about how to do that in your own life. I would love to hear it. Mm -hmm.